Chapter thirty six of the Turn of the Tide. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This recording by Holly Robinson. Chapter thirty six of the Turn of the Tide. Bobby McGinnis wondered sometimes that summer why he was not happier. Viewed from the standpoint of an outsider, he surely had enough to make any man happy. He was young, strong, and in a position of trust and profit. He was, moreover, engaged to the girl he loved, and that girl was everything that was good and beautiful, and he saw her almost every day. All this Bobby knew, and still he wondered. He saw a good deal of Margaret these days. Their engagement had come to be an accepted fact and the first flurry of surprise and comment had passed. The mill house, with Patty in charge, was steadily progressing. Margaret had taken up her work again with fresh zest, but, true to her promise to Mrs. Meredith, she spent many a day, and sometimes two or three days, at Hillcrest. All this, however, did not interfere with Bobby seeing her, for he too went to Hillcrest in accordance with Margaret's express wishes. "'But Bobby,' Margaret said, in response to his troubled remonstrances. "'Are you not going to be my husband?' "'Of course you are. Then you must come to meet my friends.' And Bobby went. Bobby McGinnis found himself in a new position then. He was Mr. Robert McGinnis, the accepted suitor of Miss Margaret Kendall, and as such he was introduced to Margaret's friends. It was just here, perhaps, that misery began for Bobby. He was not more at ease in his new well-fitting evening clothes than he would have been in the garb of Sing Sing. Nor did he feel less conspicuous among the gay throng about Margaret's chair than he would have if he indeed wore the prison stripes. As Babby saw it, he was in prison, beyond the four walls of which lay a world he had never seen. A world of beautiful music and fine pictures, a world of great books and famous men, a world of travel, ease, and pleasure. He could but dimly guess the meaning of half of what was said, and the conversation might as well have been conducted in a foreign language, so far as there being any responsibility of participating in it. Big, tall, and silent, he stood as if apart, and because he was apart, he watched. He began to understand, then, why he was unhappy, yet he was not watching himself. He was watching Margaret. She knew this world, this world that was outside his prison walls, and she was at home in it. There was a light in her eye that he had never brought there, though he had seen it sometimes when she had been particularly interested in her work at the mill-house. As he watched her now, he caught the quick play of color on her cheeks and heard the ring of enthusiasm in her voice. One subject after another was introduced, and for each she had question, comment, or jest. Not once did she appeal to him, but why should she? He asked himself bitterly. They, those others near her, knew this world. He did not know it. Sometimes the mills were spoken of, and she was questioned about her work. Then indeed she turned to him. But he was not the only one to whom she turned. She turned quite as frequently to the man who was seldom far away from the sound of her voice when she was at Hillcrest, Frank Spencer. McGinnis saw something else, too. He saw the look in Frank Spencer's eyes, and after that, he did not question again the cause of his own misery. Sometimes McGinnis would forget 
all this or would call it the silly fears of a jealous man who sees nothing but adoration in every eye turned upon his love such times were always when margaret was back at the mill-house and when it seemed as if she too were inside his prison walls with him leaving the hated unknown world shut forever out then would come hillcrest and the reaction she does not love me he would moan night after night as he tossed in sleepless misery she does not love me but she does not know it yet she is everything that is good and beautiful and kind but i never never can make her happy i might have known i might have known end of chapter thirty six